truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Welcome. I, uh, as you can hear or see, am not Steve Dace, sadly. Uh, Steve Dace is out on a much-needed day off, but you are joined by myself, Sarah Gonzalez, and Jason Buttrell, chief researcher for Blaze TV. Um, you can call us. It's Friday. And I don't know, those those of you who listen to Pat Unleashed in the mornings have seen us. You guys have seen us all week. You're very familiar with us by now. Um, but it's Friday, and it's been a long week for Jason and I. Oh, my gosh, it has been. I don't know how they do that in those morning shows. I don't either. Four, I got up at 4.30. What about you this morning? Uh, I was up at 3.45. Shut up. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And the worst part... Was that I didn't even need my alarm anymore. <laughs> You're trained. My body is now acclimated. <laughs> now all next week I'm going to get up at, you know, 345 and be ready to go and not go back to sleep. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. So we it's it's been a long week and we are so happy it is Friday. Uh, you can call us if you have something you'd like to chat about. It is 888-900-3393. Or uh, if you're like most people these days, you don't want to talk to anyone on the phone because you're antisocial and you'd rather just text it all out, you can uh, tweet us. I am at Sarah Gonzalez TX. There is no H in that, by the way, because there's no point to have an H on the name Sarah. Kind of like opossum. Yes. You don't need o- the no, O in there. No, you're not pronouncing the O. You're saying possum. Say possum. So <laughs> Sarah, no one says Sarah. <sighs> <laughs> you just say Sarah. It's spelled the right way. Uh, Sarah Gonzalez with an S at the end. TX. Jason is at Jason Buttrell. Got a lot to get into this uh, this Friday leading into Memorial Day weekend. Um, but first, I want to talk a little bit about what is going on right now uh, in D.C. So we all know that D.C. liberals are, of course, trying to turn our country into the socialist nation because it's worked out so well for Venezuela that we thought to ourselves, huh, let's be more like them. Um, what you might not know is that HHS Secretary Alex Azar is actually helping D.C. liberals with their cause, uh, our descent into socialism, by trying to let foreign countries dictate the price of United States medication. Oh, my gosh. What could possibly go wrong there? Huh. Uh, So, obviously, this is going to lead to shortages of vital medicines, and it's going to set medical research back decades, making it, you know, harder for researchers to find cures for Terrible diseases like Alzheimer's, uh, cancer, diabetes. I don't think any of us signed up for foreign governments meddling with our health care. Thankfully, FreedomWorks is on the case. They are doing everything that they can to sound the alarm and stop this socialized medicine experiment in its tracks. They can't do it by themselves, though. They need everyone's help. Every single person, if you are listening, you have got to go to freedomworks.org slash DACE, that is D-E-A-C-E, and tell Secretary Azar to fix patients, not prices. Uh, you know, obviously tying the prices of your medicine to other countries. That's not putting America first. That's not that's not MAGA. That's not MAGA, Jason. <laughs> uh, you can go to freedomworks.com slash DACE, D-E-A-C-E, and uh, take action there. Help FreedomWorks. All right. Jason. Yes. So we talked this morning about um, John Walker Lind. Lind. Yes. Traitor to America. Yep. 
and he was just released. And you you know you can go into the story because Jason has a very unique perspective on this. He actually was there uh, when this guy was was captured, but. Um, you have a very unique perspective. And so we talked about it this morning and we can go back over it. But then Jason saw uh, an art. Well, I can't call it an article. It's an opinion piece, an op-ed. Yeah, I don't. In the New York Times that set him off. This is probably the worst take in the history of worst takes. That's saying something. That's saying there something. Some bad takes on mainstream media these days. And before I get into it, this is from the flagship news agency in the entire world. Let's just bar none. It, yeah. it is. It's, you know, we're in America. You know, I don't give a crap about BBC, whatever. You know, New York Times is the flagship uh, of the entire world. So if they put something out there, everyone's reading it. So you talk about like rewriting history. Um, this, I mean, if you really want to try and rewrite history and, and, and give a perception that's not true, hey, just throw it up in the New York Times because the majority of the world is going to read it and go, okay, well, it's in the New York Times. It's got to yeah. be true, right? Yep. So you are correct, and I, I went into this a little bit uh, this morning. I'll briefly touch on it. I was uh, an intelligence analyst uh, at the during the invasion uh, of Afghanistan right after nine eleven. Um, I was there. He was John Walker Lind was brought to our patrol base. So he is, uh, you know, kind of he's he's been mischaracterized as the American Taliban. John Walker Lind was not Taliban. I'm going to get to that in a second, but he was dubbed that from a journalist uh, with you know inside Afghanistan. Um, but I was there when, uh, there, you know, the, the United States was first starting to question him. I read all the intelligence reports. I know pretty much everything there is to know about John Walker Lind. I'm sorry to say it's not, it's it's not good information to know. Um, it's incredibly sad and it's ridiculous that an American citizen would do these things. But, um, treasonous, treasonous. He was, he was released yesterday. Mm -hmm. He was released yesterday. He was released early. Early didn't even you know finish his full sentence. Uh, was given twenty years. I guess served. I think seventeen years. Um, well, but maybe he had good behavior, Jason. And that's exactly what they said. They said released for good behavior. Now there are multiple things that I'm going to get to on this, but I thought that I was done with this topic. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even. Gonna, I, I don't. I wasn't even going to talk about it right now since we already covered it in the morning. But Stuber Gear just showed me this article, and it's an article in the New York Times, an opinion piece. It's written by an author named John Ray, W-R-A-Y. And again, an, an, an unneeded and unnecessary W in there. Just have your name as R-A-Y. Right? Why do we keep running into these things? <laughs> um, if but, you don't pronounce it, it shouldn't be in the word. Now, Mr. Ray... <laughs> Um, he uh, is described here in this article as a novelist who has traveled as a journalist in Afghanistan. So I guess that is his, uh, that's his credentials. So you would think, that okay, well, must guy must know what he's talking about here. Well, his, his article was called, What Does the Release of John Walker Lynn Mean? Now, I'm going to skip all of the stupid details in this stupid article. But basically, he talks about how, you know, back, you know, um, back in the day during the, uh, you know, the when the Soviets were fighting the Taliban or in Afghanistan, that the Taliban was our allies, you know, and which which there's some truth there. Mm-hmm. there. We did work with them to, you know, undermine and fight the Soviet Union. But and he kind of paints this picture of John Walker Lynn as this poor guy that, you know, might have been confused about that, you know, because they were our allies once. Right. So, you know, he's just going to go and, you know, like. 
you know, hang out with them and help them out. And, you know, he he was, you know, he was hiding in the entire time when the CIA uh, officer was killed, you know, when, uh, when when the CIA officer was killed. So he didn't have anything to do with them, you know. And, you know, he's just a guy that got was, you know, mixed up and poor started guy. fighting with the Taliban. Poor you know? guy. Poor, poor guy, right? So you read this it's and you're like. It's a case of a mix up. You're like, dang, you know, crap. You know, maybe it's an injustice that he spent 17 years, you know, in prison. Right. Maybe so. All of this is hogwash. This is absolute hogwash. These there's so many things that he left out, so many things that are wrong. I'm just going to go through one two. I'm going to go through six points really quick on what they Jason, got you wrong. Never, with this. you don't do anything really quick. I don't. I, I just want to say, and he always says it too. He's like, it's won't take me very long. And then three hours later, everyone is still sitting there waiting for Jason going. to finish. <laughs> All right, these are six points that I'm going to take forever on. Um, so point number one. Now, the reason John Walker Lind didn't spend the rest of his life in prison, like what we wanted, like he should have gotten, uh, he should have been an accessory to murder for the CIA analyst. Um, He should have been convicted full on treason. Now, a lot of people say, well, he didn't, so it must not have been that bad. There's something we don't know about. No. The reason why he didn't get get those convictions was because he made a plea deal. Right. He made a plea deal with the United States government, which included giving up intelligence information on al-Qaeda's operations in Afghanistan and uh, Osama bin Laden and all that. Which, before we go any further, how do you feel about that? Do you think that if, I mean, this is treason, right? So do you think that we should forego charging someone with treason if they give up intelligence information? Or does it matter how, like maybe how big the information is? Yeah. Would that be, would that be a tipping point for you? Because my, I, I mean, I understand the reason, but whenever I hear that, my gut is like, why are we making a deal with someone who committed treason? Yeah. Well, I, I can understand a deal. Right. Because we were still looking for Osama bin Laden, you know, at the time. And that was like, that was, that was, that was paramount. We had to find him. Yeah. Um, so I, I get that. It but just, but the deal sucks. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. It's <laughs> it like feels you, like we just got gypped. I know. Like when you watch a cop show, there's always like the lawyer, the defense attorney comes through with this crazy deal. But then the smart cops are like, well, tell us what you know and then we'll tell you. You know, right. I mean? like, like it's never like exactly what the defendant wants. Right. But they gave him it, it, almost it, it was besides like setting him free. It sounds like he got exactly what he could have. I mean, because he deserved life in prison. Yes. That's what he deserved. Yes. Um. Okay, moving on. So, point number two. So, Lynn was not, I guess, confused about showing up in Afghanistan. He did not even think, he, did, he wasn't like, hey, maybe those Taliban guys, you know, they were, uh, fight. we fought with them once, maybe I can fight with them now because I'm a converted Muslim, I want to fight with some other Muslims, and they're good guys. That's not what he was all about. <laughs> Lynn was looking all over the, the Middle East for the most radical of radical jihadist groups. His quest took him through Yemen looking for a group. It eventually had him uh, landing in Pakistan. While he was in Pakistan, he joined a, a jihadist group, a terror group called Harakut Mujahideen, or HUM. Um, they are a designated terror group. The United States sees them as a terror group, much in the same way as Al Qaeda. In fact, they are allied with Al Qaeda. This is where he first made those inroads. But but just just those minor details that they're allied with like Al-Qaeda. Okay, right. Yeah, exactly. Right there <laughs> blows this other story completely out of the water and he could be charged with treason right here. Yeah. yeah. Right here. I mean, it, they're, but they're just it's they're just friends. They're acquaintances, really. Like second cousins or something yeah. like that. I mean, they're familiar with each other. I mean, allies, I feel is used kind of loosely. You're right. Like maybe at, 
They fam- know of each other. They might see each other at a family reunion every 10 years or so. <laughs> Something like that. Um, so right, right, right now, you're like, okay, wh- just in knowing this information, you're like, okay, what's going on with the story? And most people, I'm hoping I'm not giving away too much information I'm not supposed to. But I'm pretty sure all of this is public knowledge right now in a court somewhere. Hopefully. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, this never. is going to be the last time we ever see Jason. He's going to be hauled away. If the black vans show up and, and whisk me out of here, something, something went horribly wrong. I'm going to need to figure out what I'm going to talk about by myself for the rest of the radio show. <laughs> um, now, this is the first time that Lynn actually made inroads with Al-Qaeda, and he actually got a letter of recommendation uh, to link up with the main force in Afghanistan at this point. So he went with a bunch of other Pakistanis. The uh, Taliban was fighting the Northern Alliance and other groups at this time. This is like back in the, I think, late 90s or, Mm -hmm. yeah, late 90s. And so Lynn was like, okay, I'm going to go off with the Al-Qaeda guys over there and fight the Northern Alliance. Granted, uh, September 11th hadn't happened yet. Yeah. So he goes up there. He goes, and this is when I say he was never the American Taliban. He was dubbed the American Taliban by, I, I think, maybe a CNN journalist while he, inter- like in the first interview with uh, John Walker Lynn. He was just dubbed the American Taliban, I guess, because it sounded catchy yeah. or whatever. He was never Taliban. Hmm. I repeat, he was never Taliban. He was Al-Qaeda. Jeez. John Walker Lynn was Al-Qaeda. He went straight, after arriving in Afghanistan, went straight to Osama bin Laden's training facility. The training facility was called Al-Farouk. Lynn personally met Osama bin Laden. <laughs> he personally met him. Okay, but I mean, who among us hasn't personally, you know, met Osama bin Laden way back when? At the family when he reunion. Was alive and kicking it, right? You never know. You, you never just, know. Like you that, don't... that uncle that's, you know, on who yeah, knows side. You, never, or... you don't know what he's doing in his personal life. You just go and have dinner with him and he seems nice. Uh, you know, he's not, he doesn't seem murderish. Yeah. So is how how was he to know right. who Osama bin Laden really was? Right. It was ridiculous. Come, Come on. on. Come on. So stupid. So anyway, <laughs> so uh where am I at here? And okay, yeah, yeah. So he personally met Osama bin Laden. He Lind was trained at this Al Qaeda camp. Uh he was given the option of you can either go overseas and do overseas terror, like the nine eleven uh attacks. Or you can fight here on the front lines. They gave him that choice because they're good guys. You know, they're nice like <laughs> they that. They are. They are. Um, he chose, hey, I want, I want to get down and dirty right now. So wow. he was like, I want to fight here on the front lines. So he was an active combatant for Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan at this point. Again, not for the Taliban. Okay, but wh- I mean, one could say maybe he just wanted like extra physical exercise. Maybe he just wanted to stay in shape. Yeah. And so that's why he just thought that they were t- giving him some sort of physical training program i like to keep where his... your mind is at so yeah instead of like a, one of those like boot camps uh-huh, that you see uh-huh. like on instagram yeah. there so instead of continuing that's like not a, crossfit yeah no Just it's close not, instead of crossfit or mm-hmm. like the 14 day boot camp to get in shape <laughs> this was the jihadist training facility workout i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> um okay so during this time lynn johnny walker lynn has told investigators, right? He's told the people question him as part of his plea deal that he knew Osama bin Laden was sending jihadists to the United States for an attack. Again, pre 9-11. Okay. He knew that there was a plan in place. Wow. He knew that something was going to happen, and att- a big attack, and then follow-on attacks were going to come afterwards. He knew this. Never said anything to anybody, which as an American citizen, that would probably be your duty. Would be like, if you know there's an impending you know, world altering event going to happen to your country. 
then you should probably tell somebody. Um, but of course, that was not his mindset. He was a radical jihadist in Al-Qaeda at the time. Um, <clears throat> after 9-11 happened now, Lynn was assigned to an Al-Qaeda unit designed specifically to protect Osama bin Laden and to protect um, Al-Qaeda's uh, territory that they had taken and were in control of, specifically against U.S. retaliatory attacks. Specifically Jeez. against the United States retaliatory attacks. This was what his unit was was for, and the unit. I even know the unit. The unit was called the Zero Five Five Brigade. Um, Zero Five Five Brigade uh, was an Al Qaeda unit fighting alongside the Taliban. Okay, right. not a Taliban unit fighting with Al Qaeda. So let's just complete. We've. I know we've already destroyed that narrative, but I'm just putting it to bed. Um, the CIA agent that um, that that was killed, Johnny Spann, he was killed with these same fighters that uh, John Walker Lind was fighting with. They were in this prison. These were his compatriots. They, they were his comrades. Um, they were all in this uprising together. John Walker Lynn was not hiding the entire time because he was just, oh, this poor little guy that got mixed up. And oops, you know, the, the Taliban aren't our allies. He was, just trying, he was just trying to train his, his body. This is insane. He was just trying to get exercise, Jason. Sarah, I this, don't know why you have to be so hard on him. This is ridiculous. I, I, I'm livid at this. I mean, so for the New York Times, you know, if you want to continue to write about such things, if you want to do these pieces on these big moments in history, specifically things that involve war or uh, these far off places like Afghanistan, terrorism, that's great. Just have an editor that knows, you know, the history. That, anything that can about research, anything. Anything about anything involved <laughs> with the subject so that you can like say, nope, that's you need to go back and do your more research mm-hmm. or do some research. Maybe if not, stay the heck away from these topics. Just stay away. That's not your lane. Get out. Anyway, rant over. Well, and I mean, I will I will add this. It is very terrifying um, this day and age that we have gone and we talked about this on on Pat Unleashed earlier that we have gone so far over the cliff when it comes to being, you know, make sure to be PC and we want to be, you know, welcoming um, to other cultures that what you just described is actually happening. That's actually a piece that was published. And we've got ISIS wives uh, trying to come back to the United States. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, we made an oopsie. It was it was just a it was a phase. It was just a phase to, you know, plot to kill Americans in the streets just because of the reason that, you know, they actually they just exist. And we don't like that. And we want to kill them. Whoops. Can I have a do over? And there are actually people who say I mean, she made a mistake. It's fine. Let's let her back in. I'm sure she's reformed. Nothing bad could ever happen. It's We've gone so far over the edge. Like, we can't be patriotic. Yeah. We've got to be sympathetic to people who clearly intend or intended to do us harm. I'm sorry. Once you decide that you want to kill Americans... I'm not comfortable with the take back. Mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with the do over. <clears throat> you don't get to then say, oh, I've, I've changed my mind. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a line in the sand for me. Right. And, and, the, and the fact that, we're, that we've gotten this, to this point, we've gone this far, we can't, even, we can't even say what's true anymore. We can't even talk about the history. We can't, we can't call evil by its name. Mm-hmm. And in, in this case, in, you know, in, in Islamic terrorism, uh, we can't even confront it without worrying about politi- being politically correct or someone like, uh, you know, like care calling us bigoted or being Islamophobic. Look, th- we're not making this stuff up. This reminds me of another story that, that I was going to do earlier in the week. 
But this story came out from the BBC that Iraq's Christians are, quote, and this is from a church official inside Iraq, close to extinction. The, the, the Iraqi Christians are close to extinction in Iraq. That might be the oldest Christian community in the world. Um, <clears throat> they're saying since the early 2000s, the Christian community has, has gone down by 83%. Holy cow. 83% from 1.5 million to just 250,000. Golly. The only ones there. I've, I've been to those areas, and uh, I've, I've walked in those streets, and it is, Sarah, it's heartbreaking. Mm. It is absolutely heartbreaking. They, uh, they don't know whether to stay uh, and put up with more persecution. They've been persecuted hundreds of years. I walked into one of their churches, incredibly old church. All, this, all, the, uh, all the surroundings have been bombed out by ISIS and everything defaced, but they were still worshiping inside. And hanging up above the door, where everyone, so everyone could see it when they walk out, was an ancient painting of an Ottoman soldier cutting the throat <gasps> of a, uh, I'm sorry, no, it wasn't cutting the throat, cutting the hand off of, oh, well, you totally preacher. oversold that. I totally oversold You it. had me at the throat, and then you went hand, oh, just and the now hand. I don't feel as bad. <laughs> no, just the hand. <laughs> um, but yeah, cutting the hand You can live off. without a hand. <laughs> um, but I asked him, I was like, this is kind of morbid, right? Yeah. You know, for, uh, you know, I waited for the translator to talk, tell me back, and he was like, yes, but we put that up there as a reminder to never to always be on our guard, that we'll, they'll, we'll never be safe, mm-hmm. to, to stay strong in our faith, because mm. this is going to happen again. Yeah. It's just a never-ending cycle of madness for them. Wow. And even in this, when this is right in our face and everyone knows about it, we still can't confront it. We're still no. trying to rewrite history like the New York Times. Yeah. Well, we got to make everyone feel comfortable. Everyone else. Christians. Pfft, not them. Let them be persecuted. Let them be, you know, rounded up in other places uh, across the world. And um, let's let's definitely oppress them. But everyone else, no. Let's let's let the ISIS members in. Why not? What could possibly go wrong? Uh, all right. So it would be so awesome if we had a, a stoplight or an alarm that sounded any time that we were sitting at our dinner table eating our dinner and we were actually our stomachs were full but our brain didn't get that message yet and then by the time you actually get the message you've already eaten two more pounds of food and then you feel sick um so we're supposed to have a stoplight in our body it's called oea it's a natural metabolite that we all produce but we don't produce enough oea for it to actually make a difference for us to actually really feel that signal that we're full that's why we keep gaining weight Um, But Ridizone, Ridizone is a product that is formulated, it contains OEA, and it's formulated to help you know when you're full. Your stomach can actually send that signal to your brain. Hello, hey, stop eating, you've had enough. Um, So obviously willpower is only going to get you so far. Um, And I know from experience, I know the struggle of losing weight. I lost about 100 pounds 12 years ago, and um, losing the weight and maintaining, I know, are two of the hardest things. I use Ridizone to maintain. It works amazing for me. I have heard so many stories from you out there that it's working for you as well. So if you are one of the few who has not tried it yet and you are struggling to lose weight, might I suggest you order Ridizone right now. You can go to R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com, enter promo code uh, THEBLAZE and you will get 30% off of a three-month supply. That is going to get you right into summer Think about, you know, going by the pool, going to the beach. Now is the time. Go to ridizone.com and use promo code THEBLAZE. 
Um, okay, so when we filled in for Pat earlier this morning, we had a, a question that we asked the audience so that we could kind of chat about it throughout the program. And that one was, what is your spouse's most uh, annoying habit to you? Um, and it was all in good fun before I get some hate tweets. I'm not trying to promote being mean to your spouse because if your spouse should be your best friend, right? And so you should be able to joke with your best friend about, you know, the, the things that they do that semi annoy you. Right. Um, but so I figured for those of you who are listening and, um, you have not, or you, you were listening to Pat. And so you've already answered that question. I was trying to come up with a new one that everyone has an opinion on. And I was thinking to myself, um, I'm always curious to know what is the percentage tip that people feel is appropriate these days at a restaurant for now, let me clarify for average service, right? Not for exceptional service, but what is, what is an appropriate percentage tip for just run of the mill? They didn't, they weren't terrible. They didn't suck. You know, they weren't great. They were fine. They were like we like we say about Trump's tax cuts plan. (laughs) They were meh. They're meh. Yeah. Right. Like they were fine. This is a touchy subject because I I hate how our tipping culture has turned out. I do, too. And that's why I want to know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) There are some countries that do it a lot differently. Like they don't expect that automatic tip. They only expect it if they went above and beyond. Really? Yeah, and even then they don't. Ex- yeah, they, they don't stand there with their hand out, you know, like at a hotel or whatever. But it's it's purely on you. But like here, like at restaurants, like even if they sucked, you're still expected to give them a tip. That's yeah, stupid. I know. You know what? And restaurants are like are like kind of they condone this because they they'll pay the uh, server less. Yes. And then it's supposed to be made up with with the uh, with, with you know with the tips. They should pay them. I don't know whatever they're worth. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I agree with you. But I mean, I feel like the tip is supposed to be, in my mind, you get paid so little from the restaurant and you rely on tips that yeah. that's supposed to be the motivation for you to be a good worker Yeah, but and make sure to provide exemplary service so you can get that tip. But at this point, they don't have to because they know it's been so ingrained in the mm-hmm. culture. That they know that we feel guilty if we don't tip. Not me. They, well, I mean, I don't not tip someone. But I, if someone gives terrible service, I don't feel guilty giving them less of a tip. But if someone's average, you'll tip them. Yeah. Right? But does, does something average doesn't deserve a reward? It is like, average is like, hey, good job. You did your job. That's a great point. You know what I mean? That's like, a great point. Like you and I don't get bonuses if we just do our job average. Mm-hmm. If we do something amazing, then they might throw us a bonus. But for average work is literally called doing your job. Yeah. And what about what about like um, if you go to some a restaurant and you're picking up something for carry out? Usually when you sign the bill, there's a spot for a tip. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not giving you a tip. What did yeah. you do? And I know I know that it's it's only because that's how their point of service uh, machines work. Right. Right. Like the, they've already got the point of service pre-programmed. You can't differentiate between the two. And so it just automatically puts that. But then it's awkward because I'm like, I don't want to write zero dot zero zero. Because then you look like. Right. It makes you look bad. But then, yes. But at yeah. the same time, I'm like, well, what did you do for a tip? Even even I will say this, even bartenders now if you're mixing drinks and stuff i understand that if you go grab a, a beer and bring it to me you have you really haven't done anything mm-hmm. right 
you've wa- you've walked six steps over there, grabbed something, walked six steps back to hand it to me. How much of a tip does that really does that really qualify for? Right. So I I'm just I'm very curious. It it is is it weird that that's one of my like big things? Wait. So are you going to reveal yours now, or are you going to wait for some of the audience to come? I'm going to wait. You're going to wait. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm totally I'm, I'm totally waiting. Saving that puppy. <laughs> um, and well, and then you get to you know the the holidays where I feel like I have to tip everyone. Like I tip my housekeeper, I give her a, you know an extra bonus or whatever for Christmas, um, and I'm trying to think of, um, you know, you go get a massage. What's the standard tip there? Is it the same as food? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I, I've always treated uh, like well, I I don't I hate massages, but um, what? Yeah, I don't like people touching me. Yeah, I just can't. <laughs> um, yeah. What's wrong with you? But but my wife has gone to like you know spas and stuff like that, and then I've always just kind of like you know, we've talked about it, just kind of treated it almost like it's going to the barber. You know what I mean? There's no percentage, but I always just tip my barber five bucks. Yeah. Like, okay. Like if you get a massage and it's like a hundred bucks, and I'm like, here's ten bucks to tip the. So ten percent. It ends up that way, but right. I, I didn't do it consciously on that. I just gave him. 10 bucks. You just so basically whatever Jason has in his wallet is what he's tipping them. Yeah. And he better hope it's not a 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know your thoughts on tipping. feel so bad when the intro it's and it's so hardcore too right it's this rock and roll music and it's this guy with this booming voice that says this is steve dace and then i come on and say hello i'm not <laughs> it's, steve ju- dace. it's just us <laughs> it's, it's, this isn't steve dace at all i'm sorry i apologize uh i am sarah gonzalez and joined by jason buttrell filling in for steve who is um i hope resting I know he he works really hard, so I hope he is taking a break. You can call us 888-900-3393. We will get to the phones in in just a second. Um, and you can tweet us at Sarah Gonzalez TX and at Jason Buttrell. Um, you guys have a lot of opinions on uh, on tipping that I want to get into. Uh, but first, really quickly, I want to tell you about a cruise that's taking place next spring. You have to to hear about this. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a 14-day cruise sailing in the Eastern Mediterranean. You're going to visit Italy, Croatia, Jerusalem, so Israel, Athens, to explore the roots of Western civilization on the cruise through history. And if you're not sold by that, which you should be, because I I mean, I can't even begin to think about all of the, the history that's involved in all of those places. But if that wasn't enough... But wait, there's more. Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly, Stubergear, David Barton, and Rabbi Lappin will all be joining you on this cruise. Are you kidding me? That is a, a, These are the people you want going to all of these places, all of these historical sites with you to talk about the history and the significance of all of these places. I could not think of better guides than these guys. And... You have access to this. This is going to be the trip of a lifetime. You can bring your children, bring your grandchildren. 
there are several different uh, different packages to choose from. So you got to go to comesailaway.com to, uh, to check out those packages, select your different options, and go look at those dates so that you can mark it out on your calendar right now. Comesailaway.com. Uh, let's and see. Go ahead. I'd just like to add, you know, and if you're fans of the Sarah Gonzalez, Jason Buttrell fill-in show, <laughs> the you know, fill-ins. we like to hashtag the fill-ins and you'd like to go and you just really, you know, that we haven't, you know, we're not on this cruise, but Yet. you really would like to Yet. come and hang out with us Yet. and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, you know, it, hashtag come sail away, add in, add Sarah Gonzalez, <laughs> add Jason Buttrell. And then we're in. Maybe if we can get like a, like a, maybe let's say we get a hundred people to say mm-hmm. they'll go That's if we generous. go. That's generous. That's generous, Jason. I was thinking I, we might get my mom to tweet it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe your mom. We got a couple of people. I was, yeah. A hundred. Wow. You think I'm helping that out with the show campaign. right now? I, I'm not helping out. I'm just like creating fake Twitter ca- accounts <laughs> saying, yeah, um, please add them to Come Sail Away. Oh, man. Okay. So. Let's see. Michelle says she always overtips. She said, Sarah, I always overtip. It's a guilt thing. What if that person had some family crisis going on and that's why the service was bad? That's true. You never know what's happening in people's lives. I know I overtip my hairdresser. I'm Italian. We live and breathe <laughs> guilt. I need therapy. That's funny. At least you recognize that, though. You're like, ah, I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, 18 spoons of milk says my hubby and I have always been big tippers. If the service is as expected, 15%. If it's exceptional, 20 or 25, depending on how exceptional, uh, they just left a $20 or 20% tip at a restaurant in one of the local casinos because the wait staff went out of the way. So I the see, and I totally agree with that. If they go out of their way, yeah, I you know twenty percent tips, uh, pretty dope. Yes, but but fifty, dope. but that's dope, bruh. But eighteen spoons of milk. If if they're just doing their job, you give them fifteen percent. Yeah. So if that means that means the average service, you still tip them. So tipping means for exceptional service. Well, right? no, I'm okay. So Deanne says. This talk about tipping, servers at restaurants make $2.13 an hour. You have to tip. It's their livelihood. 15% is normal. Add more if you're impressed. Don't ever not tip. It's like stealing. I think it's a bad way to do business, but it is what it is. I don't know that I agree that it's stealing, but I do understand your point. Hmm. I do understand the point. I mean, because it's like, okay, it, tipping is expected. Oh, check this right? out. So it, I, I understand the point of stealing. Did you see Kara 3022? No. So she says, we don't give a percentage, we give an amount per person. Huh. Uh, she goes on, at an Applebee's or Longhorn Steakhouse for average service, we usually leave $2 a person. For great waiter, waitress, we will leave $5 each. She goes and she finishes, my view uh, is wait staff, know, they know the pay when they apply for the job. Okay. It's a good point. Okay. It's a good point. Uh, rice and beanies. I, see, I am on, I, this, is, this is me. This is me, rice and beanies. I completely agree. Average 15%, exceptional 20%. If they're terrible, 10%. Complete fail, 0 to 5%. Carry out, 0%. Yes. Caltech Tech also says carry out 0% tip. Okay, I'm glad that we're on board with us. I'm, I am going to throw in one, one more loop for you guys. Um, places like Sonic, where the people have to walk oh, the yeah. food out to the car. Do you yeah. tip? Do you not tip? I heard a rumor. I don't know if this is true, but I heard a rumor that Sonic uh, employees actually get, they don't get paid like waiters. They get paid, you know, whatever the wage is, but it's yeah. a regular, I don't know if it's minimum wage, but it's a regular set pay by the hour, in which case I don't need to tip you for bringing me a diet cherry lemonade. Yeah. 
I okay, so I kind of break standard here, and I typically do tip them. Um, and I guess it's just because I've, I've always kind of rationed, rationed it as I'm sitting in my car, I haven't gotten my butt off even to order the food, and they brought it out to me. Mm-hmm. I, but it's it's not anything else more than a dollar. Yeah, I'll just you know give them a dollar. Kyle, Kyle said his tipping pet peeve. I am so in agreement on this, Kyle. Restaurants that offer eighteen and twenty percent values, but base that on the total with tax. That adds an additional 2% to an already too high tip. It's true. I suspect before I die, we will be expected to pay 25% tips. I hate that recommendation on the bottom of the paper. Or, yeah, yeah, or the ones that say if you have this many people in your party or more, it's added in already. already. 18%. Why? Yeah. What if you were terrible at managing my party of 10? Why should I be expected to give you more? That green lights them just to slack off. Yes. Really? Oh, how many people? 15 people? Ah, I mm. want that table. That's going to be, screw it. Who cares? Uh, we've got Radine. Radine wants to talk about tipping as well. Radine from California. What you got for us, Radine? Hey, this is what I've got. I had a mom and a sister who, at different times, did waitressing. So going into a restaurant with them was this great experience because there is no way in hell they would give somebody on the bad side of me service anything more than 10% if they did that if they felt good otherwise they would you know they blew everybody out of the water when they worked and mm-hmm. they got great tips so if somebody blows me away I will blow them away with a tip otherwise I'm following my mom and my sister and I'm doing 10% if if I'll never remember your name <laughs> so so you're saying if, so if they just showed up and they're doing their job as expected that they'll still get 10% from you. Yes, they will. So yeah. would you would you give in, in in another circumstance, let's say you have a contractor. Um no, that doesn't work. Or maybe it does. But if a contractor just does do their that. job, doesn't go out of the, you know, especially not yours, Sarah, cuz oh, they did a horrible job. Get me started but on mine. if they just do an average job, would you would you think that that person needs a little extra? Uh No. Yeah, no. Isn't that weird though? So yeah. it's yeah, literally only say. in the restaurant business that we have this attitude. Really, it, I, I think it really is. And by the way, Jason, I also give a dollar to somebody who allowed me to not get off my butt. Right, right, like it's Sonic. Diet. Totally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> completely, completely. But um, yeah, if um, on the carryout, I have to tell Sarah this. I don't put zero zero. I put nothing and assume it's not there. What? Oh, I'm blind. I don't see a tip thing. I'm just putting the total and here you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually That's great. That makes me like very nervous. I'll put a line through it yeah. and I'll take a picture of it. Oh, my gosh. You <laughs> see, are paranoid. I'm, I am. Just in case they try to. They, you've heard stories where they try to pencil stuff in, you yeah. know, after the fact. Well, but that's why you can put the total at the bottom. Right, you could put the total at the bottom and then still leave the the tip part blank, and then just you. I think, rating. I think you could still feign confusion at putting <laughs> yeah, the total at the bottom. I can do that well. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for your call, rating. Thanks, rating. Um, yeah, it's 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 funny the types of things, the types of questions that get people get people riled up. <laughs> Tipping, I feel, is one of those things. And I will say uh, really quickly before we switch gears here, um, I recently had a massage and I, I would love to hear what what the listeners think about this. I, it was so awkward. I had a massage. My husband set it up for me. Um, I was just going through a bunch of different stressful things and he was just like, look, I set up this massage for you Saturday. This is what time it's at. It's a hot stone massage. Uh, you know, go enjoy it. And 
Um, I went. Oh, and it was, he said, it was an 80-minute hot stone massage. So I went for my 80-minute hot stone massage, and I heard the lady at the front tell the masseuse, masseuse right, masseuse, the um, what it was. She said, an 80-minute hot stone. And the masseuse said, okay. And so we went back there, and I didn't feel the hot stones come out, but I just kept thinking, okay, maybe that they just save it for the very end. It's coming. Um, and then she flipped me over to face up. And I was like, well, is she going to flip me back over to do the hot stones? Because I don't really want the hot stones on my, my chest area. <laughs> That's not something that I would find to be pleasant. And, and then it ended. And I thought, well, that ended really quickly. Well, it turns out that somehow she forgot and only gave me a 50-minute Swedish massage. And so I thought, okay, I want to double check because I don't want to be wrong and be the rude customer who says you guys didn't give me what we paid for. So um, I went out there and I said, I don't think my massage was supposed to be up yet. It's only been 50 minutes and there weren't any hot stones. Well, turns out they got it wrong. So what ended up happening was the lady asked me, this is how she asked it. She said, we don't, this this credit card machine doesn't print out receipts. Is that okay with you? And I was like, I don't care. I don't need a receipt. Well, I think what she was trying to tell me was, it's not going to print out anything for you to add a tip. Oh, yeah. But I didn't know that because of the way that she said it. And so uh. what they did was they only char- they charged me less. So they changed it. They adjusted it to only charge me for a 50-minute Swedish but they didn't give me anything to fill out for a tip. And then they gave me an extra hot stone massage, like waiting for me on my account to go do. But they did it so quickly and we wrapped it all up and they said, okay, we've got this one on here. Okay, we don't, we're not printing out receipts here. Okay, thank you. And I said, oh, okay, cool, thanks. And about the second I walked out the door, I went, oh crap, I didn't tip her anything. <laughs> I mean, she didn't do the right service. But then I felt really bad the rest of the day. I mean, I literally went home to my husband and I was like, okay, this is what happened. Should I call? Should I like send in a tip? What do I do? I feel terribly guilty. You can't go back. Did you ever go back? I I know I'm scared to, (laughs) but I have a hot stone massage waiting for me. And now I feel like I can't go back. Yeah. Did I do the wrong thing? I'd be like. She gave me the wrong massage, but she still rubbed my back for 50 minutes. I feel like that counts for something, but I don't know how masseuses get paid. I'm they sure don't they, get paid like waitresses. I'm sure they get paid pretty well. I think the t- the tip again is just implied in those types of services. You so know, I sh- so what you're saying is I shouldn't feel bad. I don't think you should feel bad. I mean, it was an honest mistake for crying out loud, but she probably took it as, oh, she got all pissy because yeah. I screwed up the massage. Yeah, or I had no idea. I felt like, okay, the lady at the front needed to be more clear. If the issue was that I wasn't going to be able to add tip, tell me that so I know. Instead of just saying, do you need a printed receipt? Well, no, I don't need a printed receipt. Okay, so this is another question off of that. Okay. Appropriate or inappropriate? They only have a male masseuse to go. to go. Do you get it or not? I'm not comfortable with the male masseuse, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I do understand um, that, like, males push harder, right? They you, Typically, they're stronger, so they'll give... I know that's a very controversial take these days <laughs> that men are actually stronger than women. However, it's scientifically proven, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um, if you want more pressure, 
typically they will give you more pressure. Yeah. So I understand that, but I don't know. I feel weird about it. Every time I've set up a, a massage for my wife, I've always just clicked the uh, Made preference sure that it's of female. it's female. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't. I was like, I wonder if that's just me because yeah. I'm like being jealous here or something like I that. I think it is. We uh, we just did a couple's massage and it was they were both females, and I was fine with it. Really? Of course, I'm also in the room. So like, what are they gonna do? Right. But I mean, you know. Hmm. That's an interesting one. I'm sure the listeners will let you know what they think <laughs> yeah. about that as well. I'm sure that they will. Uh, all right. So I, this is a really depressing statistic to me, but over 50 million people miss work because they're in pain. And uh, these Americans, these same people spend over $2,000 a year just trying to, you know, whether it's prescription medication or whatever it is, just to try to help with that pain. But 66% expect to just live the rest of their life with some kind of pain. That is so depressing. You're just in constant pain and you're like, well, this is life. Uh, when, when, when do I go back home to God? Because this is not fun. I don't enjoy it. All right. I use Relief Factor. A lot of us here at Blaze TV use Relief Factor. Glenn, it's worked miracles for Glenn as well. Relief Factor is 100% drug-free. It's four key ingredients that will help your body's fight against inflammation. It was created by doctors, and they have the three-week quick start pack that you can try. It's only $19.95. You can go try it. See if it works for you uh, before you just start buying more and more. However... However, 70% of the people who do try that three-week quick start pack, they go on to keep purchasing it, which means it's working for the majority of people. So if you are one of those many Americans who just live in constant pain, you think that there's no way out, try Relief Factor. Like I said, it works for me. I have a bunch of protruding and herniated discs from a car accident that I was in in 2013, and nothing worked for me. I also hate pharmaceutical drugs, but that's a whole different story. But nothing worked for me, um, they wanted to put me to sleep and give me these injections that I was just like, no, I don't, I don't want that. Thankfully, I held out and I tried Relief Factor. So you can go to relieffactor.com, get you that three-week quick start pack at relieffactor.com. Um, so congressional Democrats, let's see, we got Ricky, we got Dick Blumenthal, we got Judy Chu. They have announced the introduction of what we've all been waiting for, the Women's Health Protection Act. Now, the Women's Health Protection Act would uh, prohibit states from enacting a laundry list of abortion restrictions while invalidating laws that already exist. Like heartbeat bills Mm -hmm. uh, or total. This is their strike back against uh, against the heartbeat bills, against any sort of state-level um, abortion laws. So, thankfully, thankfully, we have the radical Democrats here who are trying to ensure that less babies are born. Mm. I'm so glad they're finally coming out and doing something about all of those babies who are being born. Let's put a stop to that. Let's make sure we can kill babies on demand. That's what we need. This is if if this. So this will definitely this is going to happen. This is going to pass the House guaranteed. Um, And I actually I saw this coming. So it will definitely pass the House. I don't think Mitch McConnell will even bring this up for vote. 
He's, if he's smart, he won't. He better not. I don't think. I don't think he will. It, it, it would die in the Senate anyway. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he just doesn't want to handle. He doesn't want the blowback from yeah, any of just it. Don't don't and don't give it any more unnecessary attention. Yeah. Just leave it be and let it kind of die. That's what but he's going to do. But this is just grandstanding anyway. I mean, the Democrats know that it's not going to pass. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and, and I mean, they know it's not going to pass. They know even if by some weird chance that it did, which it wouldn't, that once it landed on the president's desk, the president wouldn't sign it. Right. But they're playing. I think they're playing a long game anyway. They're yeah. like they're going to go ahead and get it through the House. And then, uh, you know, if they can get it back, if they can get the Senate back or if they can get the executive back and, you know, in 2020, then they can bring it back up. And we can have a full on, you know, law of the land versus states rights debate, which would probably go all the way to the Supreme Court, I'm assuming. Um, th- there's already way there's already legislation, you know, that there's they're trying to f- the fight the heartbeat bill in Georgia and Alabama. Um, they're already trying that. Those are going through the court systems and they're going to go through even more because no- more states are jumping on. Mm-hmm. So these um, this is- because that's their right, because that's a right designated to the states. And this would just completely blow that out of the water. Mm-hmm. I'll be really interested to see um, how that works. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, she's she is on board with this. Of course. Yeah, she is on board with it. So no heartbeat bills, no mandatory waiting periods, no ultrasound requirements. Just killing on demand. That's what we want because we're Democrats and we're crazy. Welcome back. I am not Steve Dace, in case you haven't noticed. I am Sarah Gonzalez here with Jason Buttrell. Call us, let us know what's on your mind, 888-900-3393. Or you can tweet us, it's at Sarah Gonzalez TX and at Jason Buttrell. I think I, I upset someone when I said that the H was just a, an extra letter. <laughs> I was just joking. <laughs> it was just a joke. <sighs> People are so touchy these days. All right, Let's see. Daniel said about tipping, they got their $15 an hour living wage now, so there's no reason in the world to tip. There's also no motivation for them to do a good job. Mm. I mean, I guess other than getting fired. Mm. But just wait, they'll unionize and they uh, they won't be able to get fired either. <laughs> Madness. Past- Pastor Booker's thoughts says, uh, Jason thinks AOC is hot. And hates massages. I think that. maybe he spent a little too much time in the barracks. <laughs> I have no idea what you're implying. I'm going to play dumb on that one. That's funny, though. Really, how can you hate massages? I just, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't like strangers touching me. I don't know. It's like, it's like a thing. I, but it's not like they're, you know, prodding you with needles. They're, yeah. they're massaging the, the muscle tension out of your back. But it seems like such a like intimate thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's, Was that intimate? No. I just smacked him. Oh, I'm perfectly fine with someone hitting me. But oh. like, whoa. But like okay. rubbing so, me down. So Jason likes. It's like Jason likes the, the pain. I, I get this like impression of like some French dude going, oh, put some lotion on there. It's much better for you. You know, like I am going oh, to go freaky. ahead and clear this up. That is not what happens. <laughs> I have never been massaged by a French man. 
I just want to go ahead and clear that up. Uh, All Nations Under God said the tip system used to be the internal motivation for hard work, but Yelp culture has created passive aggressive garbage people who will gladly ruin a local business that hires by demanding a boycott instead of direct complaints. Mm. That's true. Mm -hmm. That is true. I do. And you know what I try to do? Um, Speaking of Yelp and just having, you know, when do people, no one goes on and takes the time to review someone unless they're bad or review a restaurant unless they've had a bad experience. And so I try to, whenever I I find someplace with a good experience, I try to make it a point to go on somewhere and commend them somehow. I even called, you know how they have the the phone numbers on the backs of, of, of 18 wheelers that it says, you know, you call for, yes, because he was so courteous. <laughs> I couldn't believe how courteous he was. And I was like, I'm going to call and tell them he did a great job because I bet the entire day, all they get are phone calls from people who are complaining <laughs> about how bad the driving was. And they were so shocked when I called. You might have got him a bonus. Yeah, I was just like, I just wanted to let you know this driver was amazingly courteous and I just felt I should tell someone. I know exactly what you mean. I did something similar like at a Lowe's. Yeah. I was like, hey, this person, I just want to let you know he helped me out. He was so helpful yeah. and so knowledgeable. But when I first, when I opened it up, I was like, are you a manager? And they're like, uh, yeah, why? And I was like, someone was helping me. And then they, their face dropped, you know, like, ah, oh, crap, here we go. Getting yeah. ready for a fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I said the other, yeah. they just like were totally like, Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're not used to the compliments. They're yes. used to the criticism. And I and don't get me wrong. Now, I will. My Latin flair will come out <laughs> when some doesn't go right. As Jason referenced earlier with my kitchen, uh, my kitchen remodel. But do you start rolling your R's when you're like letting into them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the neck, the neck gets on a swivel. <laughs> The neck starts going. Start double snapping. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like I, it sets the universe right when I am, okay, if I'm going to complain, I also need to give compliments whenever compliments are due for what it's worth. Yeah. Uh, before we get back into it, I want to talk to you guys again about all of the good work that FreedomWorks is doing out in DC. There are some crazy things going on right now with uh, HHS Secretary Alex Azar. He is trying to um, implement policies that will allow foreign governments to help set price control for our medications because that would be awesome and not a complete disaster as we further our descent into socialism. Um, You know how we see in Europe, we see all of these medicine shortages and wait times and all of that. Um, yeah, that would happen here if all of these policies got implemented. You know, U.S. U.S. innovation and uh, and and when it comes to medication, we are like the world's leaders. All that's going to go away too if this guy has his way. So, FreedomWorks is leading the charge to try to stop this from happening, but they can't do it by themselves. They need your help. You got to go to FreedomWorks.org/dace. And tell Secretary Azar, hey, how about we fix patients and not prices? We don't actually want foreign countries dictating price control of our medication. That actually doesn't put America first. So how about we stop doing that? Uh, Again, they need your help. They need your support. FreedomWorks cannot do it alone. We've got to fight this with everything we have. It's going to take all of us to do it. Go to freedomworks.org slash DACE and tell Secretary Azar to put America first. Uh, And that is D E 
D-A-C-E, freedomworks.org slash DACE. Uh, so we had a listener just tweet us. It was Kara, I believe. Breaking news. The governor of Missouri has just signed the bill, a bill banning abortions on babies with beating hearts. Yes. Another heartbeat one bill. more. That is awesome. Another heartbeat bill. Awesome. More to come too. Slowly but surely. And you know why we were talking about this. We were talking about this off air. The Democrats are overplaying their hand. They're going too far to the left. They are taking an... I am going to be real with you guys because I will never pretend to be someone that I'm not. A couple years ago, before the Democrats insisted on being so radical about abortion, I was of the opinion, I was obviously pro-life, but I was of the opinion that when it came time for elections, Republicans needed to just stop, stop talking, stop talking about abortion. Don't make it into an issue. I don't want to talk about it. Yes, I'm pro-life, but let's just quietly be pro-life because it always turns into an issue and I'm not comfortable with it. Well, now I see how far left, you know, it's gone and the, the conversation has gone. Then I'm right there in the front lines with everyone else saying, no, you know what? We are going to have this conversation. And if you have Governor Ralph Northam coming out, talking about making a baby comfortable while the mother decides whether or not to keep that baby alive. I got a real problem and and I am going to strike back and I want us to go so far to the right now because they have shown that if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. Mm-hmm. They are if you give a mouse a cookie. And and, it go, and that spans be even beyond the abortion debate. Yes, that's they're yes. they're radicalizing it because they've they've gone so far to the left. They are radicalizing people that they thought might even have been in their camp. I if, if continue on with this by, by all means, yes. because you are going to get those center left uh, Democrats that could go either way. They're going to completely come over to the to the to the uh, to the GOP side now. The average they have no choice. The average American. The average American does not agree with late-term abortion. The in, in fact, overwhelmingly, the majority of Americans do not agree with late-term abortion. The average American does not agree with infanticide, obviously. I feel like it's sad that I have to actually speak these words in 2019, but apparently I do. So I think if the average American says, okay, well, I mean, if it's a choice between um, aborting a baby at, you know, nine months and signing into law a heartbeat bill, I'm fine with the heartbeat bill. Yep, I'm good with it. Yeah. Maybe, I and, and I'm not saying I feel this way, but maybe the average American says, it's a li- like, I feel like it's a little too restrictive, but you know what? If these are the only two choices I'm faced with, That's the one I'm going to pick. I'm going to err on the side of caution with life. And I just think that the the Democrats have completely overplayed their hand. For sure. If they would have stayed moderate, they would have kept all of these where they wanted them. Now they've swung too far and people are not going to put up with it. For sure. And and the the states are obviously not putting up with it. Um, Their constituents don't believe in all this stuff. And um, you got to let's let's kind of take a kind of theorize on the strategy here now from from Republicans. Because what they're doing now, they know that these bills are going to immediately get resistance in the courts. Yes. ACLU has already launched multiple different lawsuits. Of course they have. Um, and and this is not even counting the story we just talked about with what Democrats are trying to do through the House. So 
this is already so the court cases are already they're, they're they're setting up a much bigger game down the road. So this will go through the courts for a while. It'll it'll go it'll it'll Roe v. Wade will will overturn probably overturn these uh, state um, uh, bills. Uh, all the way, but then, then it'll get appealed. It'll get appealed. It'll go all the way up through yes. the circuits. The question yes. is, how long before this hits the Supreme Court? Because I think this is the the end game that the Republican-controlled states are doing. They're setting up a court battle to give them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like, Democrats always said they were they were terrified of a Roe v. Wade showdown in the Supreme Court. But what's funny is the, the, the them going so radical now. This might not even have happened. Mm-hmm. Quick, this probably would have taken a lot longer. But they forced the issue, yes. so they're going to get what they feared, and it's all their fault. Of course, <laughs> uh, of course. Then we've got you know we've got a court with uh, you know Kavanaugh and Roberts. Oh yeah, the just the, the Armageddon scenario for them. Yeah, two Kavanaugh. Republican appointed Kavanaugh, judges. You know he's going to take all women's rights away. Roe v. Wade is gone. Um, he does not support a woman's right to choose. He is uber conservative. Honestly, I'd call him a religious right wing nut job. Yeah. Oh, wait, he's actually really moderate. And I think <laughs> the didn't he just recently just recently he finally voted on the conservative side. Because before, oh, because before that, he's he already over voted that Native a, American case. Yeah, he already voted um, to fund Planned Parenthood. I think that's the only one he, he voted yeah. on on that side. Yeah. Everything else has been on the left everything side. else has been in agreement with the left. Yep, and cl- that par- Planned Parenthood, like you said, which is what we said the entire time. The entire time this stupid Kavanaugh debate was going on, we were like, guys. He wasn't even on the original list. Yeah. Um, and if you look at his record, he's not super conservative. In fact, I mean, I'm more comfortable with him than like a liberal, but he's got some issues. I remember reading some of his privacy decisions mm-hmm. and I was like, geez, this guy is not good on privacy. He is not conservative on privacy at all. We kept trying to tell people he is not the uber conservative you are painting him out to be. He's exactly he's Kennedy. He's exactly, yes. he's exactly yes. the same as Kennedy. But he had an R in front of his name. So it's, it's so ridiculous. You, you freaked out over the status quo. You used this to freak out. You got the status quo. And what I was hoping was that he was going to get, ra- I thought he was going to get radicalized to the right on this because that's exactly what happened to Clarence Thomas. Yes. They did this to Clarence Thomas. And I think Clarence Thomas could have been more sympathetic to the left during his tenure but no not anymore he is the best he's the best one on the in in the supreme court right now i love clarence thomas so much and um and i we he would probably not be the same version of the clarence thomas it is now if they wouldn't have gone full bore after him uh back when he was uh, being confirmed i thought the same thing was gonna happen to kavanaugh yes how could you go through that remember the emotion on his face Uh when he was like i did not do these things yep I honestly, although I don't agree with obviously uh, some of the decisions that he's already made, I have to I have to at least respect the integrity because what that tells me and I'm not saying anything about Clarence Thomas because I think he has been spot on um, and he is obviously my favorite. But the uh, the only conclusion that I can draw from seeing Kavanaugh side with the left on some of these decisions is that he truly is doing what he thinks 
is right. He's interpreting it as he sees as he right and not letting his personal, you know, any any sort of personal attacks that happened in the past. He's not letting that linger with him, which I do think speaks to his integrity. Again, I don't agree with uh, with the decisions, but as I mean, again, as tempting as it would be to say, I'm just going to stick it to them. Fine. You you know, you wanted to. just completely assault my character and you wanted to just drag me through the mud and make my wife and my daughters, you know, go through this. I'm never siding with you ever again. I mean, the, the, the temptation would be there. For so sure. That's how I would have been. It does speak that to his been character, me. I think. Well, let's, uh, let, let's game plan then. Let's say it's a year from now. Let's say uh, Ginsburg has retired. Okay. Um, let's say we get Amy Barrett as okay. her replacement. Okay. So let's just count off. Probably, I don't know, let's say around a year from now, this eventually makes it to the Supreme Court. And so we finally get a ruling on Roe v. Wade to possibly overturn. You're going to count on Barrett. She's probably going to do it. Gorsuch, I think, would do it. I think Clarence Thomas would do it. Mm -hmm. That's three. Mm -hmm. Can we count on John Roberts? No. We can't. No. Can we count on Kavanaugh? No. We can't. Mm -mm. Look, already right there, we we, we can't do it. Nope. You can't pull it off. Is that not insane? Yeah. So this is their Armageddon. Remember, this is their Armageddon yes. scenario. And this is even worse with another judge. This is three judges appointed by Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And we still won't be able to pull it off. Well. Insane. I mean, again. And their collective freak out. Yes. Yes. Again, maybe try sticking to the original list next time. For sure. Because if he had done that. For and sure. I realize Amy Barrett was not on the original list either. But if he had done, I mean, there were plenty. There were plenty of them on there. Oh, but but Kennedy would not have retired. The, I'm telling you, there was a backdoor Ugh. deal going on there. There had to have been. Because Kavanaugh gets yes. added and then yes. he's the replacement? And no. uh, it was just a coincidence that he worked for Kennedy. Yeah, no. Previously. No. It was just a coincidence, Jason. Just a cute little coincidence. Wheel and deal. What's going yes. on there? Um, all right. So <clears throat> this is, I am so happy that I get to talk about this product. I think we just actually had a tweet from someone. I'm trying to find it. Um, there it is. NC girl with guns. She asks, are we drinking or are we taking dawn to dusk? Because we have been troopers today. <laughs> so NC girl with guns apparently caught us early this morning on Pat Unleashed and uh, you know we've been filling in as we said before all week on Pat Unleashed and it has been I'm not gonna lie it's been brutal it has been absolutely brutal I have a newfound respect for the morning show guys I don't know how they do it every morning Um, but I have been using dawn to dusk uh, to get by this week I have been using it (laughs) you cheater Cheater. Uh, I'm just playing smart I'm just playing smart. So Dawn to Dusk, uh, Dawn to Dusk is from Brickhouse Nutrition and it is an energy supplement and it's great for me because I don't, I can't do the Red Bulls. It's just, it's too much. It's chemicals and I don't, I can't pronounce the stuff that's in it and it makes me very uncomfortable and it gets me jittery. I, I feel like I'm just I am have the shakes the rest of the day. Dawn to Dusk doesn't do that. It provides clean energy, focus, and improved mood for up to 10 hours. There's no jitters. There's no afternoon crash. There's also no calories and no sugar, which I'm a huge fan of. So don't go to the, you know, multiple cups of coffee and the energy drinks and all that. You don't need that. What you need is Dawn to Dusk. 
Go to BrickHouseSteve.com so you can get a bottle of Dawn to Dusk. And when you use the promo code Steve, you'll get 15% off of your first order. Um, You really don't have anything to lose. And hey, you have a lot of productivity to gain when you try it. It is BrickHouseSteve.com. BrickHouseSteve.com, promo code Steve. So Jason, what is the, um, the latest state to join the push to get rid of the Electoral College. This is absolutely insane and getting straight up scary, but the latest state to sign on to this pact, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is what they're calling it, uh, is Nevada. Um, they have, they're now the 15th state to, uh, to pass this. It's so ba- basically the, what, what they're saying is, this is their assault against the Electoral College. They're saying that, um, in their, basically what this says is in their state, uh, no matter... Uh, who they who they vote for, if uh, the popular vote goes to a certain candidate, then all of their electoral votes go towards the popular vote uh, uh, candidate. candidate. Yes. Now, crazy. with 15 of them, they now have a total of 195 electoral votes. Golly. And you need 270 70. to win. 270. That That's nuts. And what's hilarious is they what don't even understand what they're doing because let's say, uh, what if Biden win, uh, wins the presidency, but Trump wins the popular vote? This would bite that. They don't even get that. Yeah. Like they don't understand that this, look, politics are not always going to be exactly how they are right now. <laughs> so what, what about the, because um, I know a lot of the states that have already enacted this. Um, they are a lot, there's a lot of blue states who have done that, right? It's obviously it's sour grapes and, you know, they're upset that their candidate didn't make it and they want to change that. So I know that there are a lot of blue states. Do you but want me to read them? Do you want yeah. To know yeah. Because I mean, are there any <clears throat> so, that are, would be red? I don't think there are, but maybe purple. California. That's, that's, that's too one. far gone. Colorado. Slight possibility. Purple, blue, yeah. bluish, purplish. Possibility. Okay. Um, Connecticut, that's blue. Uh, District of Columbia, blue. blue. Delaware, blue. blue. Hawaii, blue. blue. Illinois, blue. blue. Massachusetts, blue. blue. Maryland, blue. New Jersey, blue. New Mexico. Mm. That's one that could be up for a toss-up. Yes. yes. So that's a, that's a hit right there. When is the last time I'd like to see the... I'm going to look up the voting history of New Mexico in the last few elections. Um, New York, blue, Rhode Island, blue, Vermont. Hmm. I wonder how Vermont uh, usually votes. Uh, aren't they the People's <laughs> Republic of Vermont at this point? <laughs> yeah, they're 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 very heavily blue. They're like demon blue. <laughs> um, and Washington State, very blue. So you are correct, with the exception of maybe New, New Mexico, maybe Colorado with the possibility. Okay. So New Mexico presidential elections. Let's look at presidential elections. Cause I think that that's, that's the, the number one state that's kind of on the, it could go either way list. Mm-hmm. 2016, Donald Trump was the winner. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's what it says. Um, but it must be because of, um, I don't know. This is weird because it says, so you t- tell me this chief researcher, Jason, this says that Donald Trump was the winner. No, you know what? They voted for Hillary, Hillary Clinton. 
They're giving me, I'm sorry, I'm reading this chart in real time, so I'm trying to figure it out. They're, I think they're giving who the winner was of the national election. Ah. And But then they're saying how many votes each candidate got in New Mexico. So Hillary Clinton did uh, get more votes in New Mexico. Um, Barack Obama did both times. Oh, wow. Okay. So. George W. Bush, though, won in New Mexico in 2004. And he barely, oh, wow, he lost by like 300 votes in 2000. So the last four elections have gone to Democrats. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. What about, uh, do you have Colorado there? I don't, but I can look it up. Colorado's probably in that same boat. That's kind of, that really kind of surprises me from New Mexico. Yep. I mean, I just, I don't know why, but I have this like perception that most Southern states vote Republican. Yeah. New Mexico's (laughs) an outlier. Mm -hmm. New Mexico is an outlier. I'm trying to find it. Come on. Don't fail me now. I mean, it will not surprise me at all. If I mean, I know Colorado has done a lot of liberal things lately. Um, But again, that's another one that for for some reason, I just kind of I have this interpretation, probably false, that they could swing either way. Okay, so Hillary Clinton uh, in 2016 Barack Obama in 2012, Barack Obama in 20 in 2008, and same thing. Bush lost, but only by 500 or so votes. What about his first term? He won. Wow, exactly same. Yeah, mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So yeah. it sounds like they have flipped blue. Like before, they were yeah. probably a little bit, you they know, a purplish. Little, yeah, but now they Bo- flipped. Bob Dole in 1996 won. In Colorado. Interesting. Against Clinton. Yeah. So it's just been a recent, yeah, a recent flip. I tell you what, and like Texas scares me. It really does. You know, I was not as scared. I thought it was just kind of, okay, whatever. It's all talk. You know, you remember when uh, Wendy Davis made her run and everyone said at the time, we're going to flip Texas blue. And we were just like, shut up. You're not going to do that. And then they didn't. And it was terrible. But with Robert Francis O'Rourke, and obviously he lost. We know that. However, he didn't lose by that much. No, and and the and and but but I don't think we should be looking at the big ones right now, like the yes, national ones, yes. the lower level elections, like the municipal and the state. Those are going blue pretty quickly. And let me tell you, it it was insane to me. So I did some block walking for um, a, a candidate, and Dallas, Dallas County, in these. Areas that were just multi-million dollar homes. They had the Beto signs. They had the uh, Colin Allred signs who actually won. He is an admitted democratic socialist and he won in that district. Mm -hmm. I don't understand what... are you guys not paying attention? Do you, do you do understand you want, how you got wealthy? Right. Do you want to keep <laughs> your house and your money? Or right. are you just, I mean, if you're trying to donate your money, I'm happy to take it. You can write me a check directly, send it to Mercury Studios. <laughs> I'll cash it right away. I promise. I'm good if you just need someone to donate your money to. But it, We'll buy come sail away tickets for that. That's how we'll get there. <laughs> but it's just been interesting to see the shift in Texas. And I can't figure out, is it truly because the average American is not paying attention and they're hearing these buzz these buzzwords and they don't understand what they're voting for? 
or are they just ready for to embrace socialism? Uh, conservatives have been awful on defining what our values and principles are. Absolutely awful. We need a, a completely new breed to come in and explain. Just like Ronald, Re Ronald Reagan had to do the exact same thing. And I, before you roll your eyes, oh, another Ronald Reagan thing. Mm -hmm. But Ronald Reagan, like, he was a Democrat. He went on a circuit to talk uh, with GE to kind of explain why unions were bad and all this stuff. But I don't think Ronald Reagan really believed it at that point. It was only after he did his own homework and learned. He's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, what is this? What? Right. He completely learned on his own conservative principles and values. And this is at a time when we, you know, when we had the famous rhinos. You yes. know, when people are like, no, nah, they weren't conservative. They were more like what they are today. Mm -hmm. And Reagan had to completely change it. It was a famous speech at CPAC where he was like, look, we, we, there's more conservatives out there. We just can't sell it. No one's been able to sell it and really define what we're all about. Democrats have been able to do that. Yes. And what they're saying is identity politics. It's all about the heart, all this stuff. Yes. And those other people, they're bad. Yes. You know, they don't care about you. They don't care. They're not. They don't care about the heart. They don't care about people. They are for sure two different extremes. Two different extremes when it comes to messaging, because mm -hmm. like you said, conservatives have been horrible and Democrats. It's not even just the the emotional appeal, but they just know how to use those buzzwords mm -hmm. like socialism. They have transformed into a buzzword that's supposed to mean compassion, I guess. Yeah. I well, mean, uh, there's no other way to explain it. We talked about this on your show yesterday on the news and why. Um, well, we were talking about the news and why it matters weeknights, 530 Eastern, 430 Central, only on Blaze TV. Yes, go ahead. Um, we talked about how conservatives have just failed every time they've had a chance to stand, take a stand and show the country what we're really about. They failed. Uh, we talked about gay marriage. Mm -hmm. um, they they looked like a bunch of old fuddy duddies that hated people. That's what they look like. And even if the, even if they don't agree with uh, the concept, you know, they didn't even have to say that. Mm -hmm. They could have just said, look, we're going to protect all everybody's rights in America because we don't believe that the government has any say at all in marriage, period, mm -hmm. period. They wouldn't even have to go along a morality debate. They could have jumped, they could have scaled back the size of government, skipped the morality bay, and all of a sudden became cool. I don't think that's what they actually want to do at the end of the day, though. They, they don't, they don't release want, power. Not yeah. yeah. They don't want to give up the power. And we talked about that as well, is that once you, once they get the power, they're not going to give it up. Yeah. They're not just going to be like, oh, well, we're currently in charge of this. We've decided we want to relinquish that control. We're just going to, you know, we're going to set that aside and we're going to move on. And, you know, for all that we talk about the Democrats not wanting to do that, the Republicans are the same. They don't they don't want to get out of marriage. They appreciate that they have the power. That's why we need a conservative re uh, reformation. Got to have it like the time is now. We we've got to completely rebrand. Completely rebrand before we lose everything. I saw this reminds me of um, staying on this. I just saw this. Uh, I was telling you about this before about those most populous U.S. cities and yes. how they're losing people. Yes. yes. Uh, I saw this on Yahoo Financing. The title of the article was America's largest cities are shrinking. And they picked out the top three uh, cities that are shrinking. Number one was New York City is shrinking at faster rate than anybody else in the country. Los Angeles, California was number two. Number three was Chicago, Illinois. What do those three cities have in common? <laughs> uh, there's a color that I'm thinking yeah. of. Um, blue? Exactly. Ding, 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 ding. They're all probably one of some of the most bluest uh, cities in the, in, in the entire union. And uh, they're bluest. going to places. They're going to the Southwest. Most bluest. They're, what's that? Most bluest. Most bluest. You heard it from, here from Jason. Yes, man. Most bluest. Um, Fort Worth, Texas is a big recipient from these places. This is one of this, Fort Worth, Texas is one of the fastest growing cities. Mm. Um, scary. That is insane.
Welcome back. I am Sarah Gonzalez, joined by Jason Buttrell. If you guys want to chat, 888-900-3393 if you are the uh, the social kind. you Well, you must be socialist if you want to chat because that's what that's socialism what it means, right? is. I think that's what it means. Is to be social. Yeah. So if you like socialism, give us a call, 888-900-3393. <laughs> uh, or you can tweet us at, uh, at Sarah Gonzalez TX and that is at Jason Buttrell. Jason, someone, I, I, I want to get his genuine reaction on this. Someone just tweeted us asking if we get overtime pay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd have that reaction. Oh, yeah. We let's... here are a team. Yeah. And we are taking it. We're just here to help. For the team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Before we, we move on, I want to talk about moving. And how hard it is to find a good real estate agent because, you know, a lot of people say that they're a real estate agent, but they're also a handyman like Jason over here. He legit his handyman. What did he come to fix, Jason, in your house? Uh, My dishwasher, my uh, washing machine. He came to fix Jason's washing machine. The handyman <laughs> handed him his business card and he had a real estate license number on the bottom of his business card. What's funny is he didn't even say it. He's I just saw this number. I was like, is this like your like licensing? You have to be licensed to do a I was in a complaint oh. about big government. Yeah. And he goes, No, nah, that's my real estate agent number. I was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people out there like that. Um, well, I have a different full-time job, but, you know, I just, I like to do real estate on the side. Yeah, that's not the people you want. You also don't want the people whose face is on a bench that people sit their butts on. That is not the way to choose the right real estate agent. Luckily, Glenn Beck, uh, Glenn Beck launched realestateagentsitrust.com because of all of these reasons. It's so hard to know who's the person to go to, who is going to get me the best house, you know, the best deal, um, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. So he vetted them. He and his team have vetted the top real estate agents all over the country. They have found the ones who know what they're doing. They're the experts in this field. They're the ones who do it full time. They are going to be the ones to help you. So you can go to realestateagentsitrust.com if you are on the market to buy or sell, especially Special shout out to those of you who are moving from, let's say, you know, Wisconsin all the way to Louisiana. You're not going to know where the neighborhood is that's going to be right for your family. You're not going to know anything about the neighborhoods. That's where you got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Let them help you. Um, Jason, if you don't have anything, do you have something pressing on your mind? Right now? Yeah. No. Okay. I just saw something that I really want to go over with you. Oh, no. Just just stick with me. This is about possums. I'm walking up, <gasps> getting out of here. No, but we can talk about possums. <laughs> forget, I, just forget oh, I said that. I Move on to your other thing. The 19 <laughs> grossest things people have seen colleagues do at work. Oh, my gosh. Are you ready? This is going to be bad. Are you ready? Okay. Number one. Wait, wait. Should you go? Is So is it in descending order, the grossest to the least gross? I don't think so. Okay. No, I. It does not look like it. No. Okay, so we can start at one. Doesn't yeah. Yes, right. it appears to be to get progressively worse as the list goes on. Okay. Uh, there's one. She says a colleague of mine brought her pet iguana to work because she was moving that weekend. It was on her shoulder, on her desk, or in her backpack. 
a lot of people were grossed out by it, but I held it. Imagine spending 10 hours at work with an iguana. I don't think that's, that's not a bad. big deal. No. Iguanas are cute. That's not, yeah, I that's, mean, I, I would wonder where the iguana went to the bathroom, but. And I can see how some people be, kind of have some anxiety if they're kind of freaked out about yeah, it. But that's I not guess. gross. It's not gross, right? It's not gross. Because, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's not in a ca- Why wouldn't you put it in a cage? Like, why wouldn't you could still take it if you're moving, but keep it in an aquarium? Yeah. I guess because that's the hassle of carrying the aquarium in. HR always thinks that they have written rules and regulations for everything they could think of. Nope. And then people like this chick comes in with an iguana. Yep. (laughs) And then another entry into the handbook comes out. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Let's see. So this this person says, I once had to discipline an employee who I'm going to censor here, who pooped in the company car park. What? We watched the CCTV in the hearing, and when I asked why she did it, (laughs) she proceeded to tell me and her line manager that she couldn't be bothered going to the toilet, so she pooped on the floor instead. Couldn't be bothered? It's true. Us HR folk do get the crappy jobs. (laughs) She couldn't be bothered going to the toilet, so she pooped on the floor instead. Wow, what else can't she be bothered to do so she just does... So, I mean, if that's too much of an issue... I mean... Walking can, into the bathroom. Might I also just point out, when we're talking about bodily functions, why would you want to go to the bathroom in a place that I presume you don't have any toilet paper? That's right. Like, There's nothing... What? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, that that's that's better than the iguana one. Yeah, that that is gross. That's the one seed so far. Who cleans that up? I'm like, you're cleaning that up before you pack your stuff and get out of here. Yeah, that's <laughs> you are cleaning up your mess. All right, one of my coworkers would clip their fingernails and toenails. Ew! And then proceed to throw them at people. Oh my gosh. That's grounds for firing. That's that that's grounds for termination. I don't throw- know. It- that's assault. <laughs> Throwing someone's fingernails at at other people? That is assault. That's nasty. I won't cl- I won't go that hard on them, but that's that's nasty. Mm-hmm. Assault is any unwanted touch, I would say. <laughs> that is that is a good guess. That no one is going to want you throwing your fingernails and toenails at people. What kind of a person does that? Is it sad that I really want to know what the, like what this person's job was, what industry it is? Like what industry do you find people that clip their toenails and throw them at people? <laughs> They're bored. I'll give them that. I, 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 yeah, I a would room hope full of accountants they would, or something. Yeah, I don't know. The, you're gonna you're gonna need more. Yeah, like, at the zoo. Guess what time it is again today? Uh, Breaking out the clippers. Give that person something to do. <laughs> My gosh. Um, all right. I'm, I'm skipping some that are not appropriate. There's a lot of poop. There's a lot of poop stories here. What is wrong with people? Um, that someone, I guess, uh, pooped on the toilet floor on the, on the bathroom floor instead of in the toilet. That's probably, that was probably an accident. It's just bad aim. Yeah. Well, not bad aim. I mean, it's, <laughs> you don't have to be a bombardier pilot, you know, to like actually be able to hit the the water on that. I mean, you're sitting directly over it for crying out loud. So, no, that was not bad aim. That was probably that had to be on purpose. There's no way you can screw that up. What if they just didn't make it? 
<laughs> That's possible, maybe. It's been a long week, you guys. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> what if you just didn't make it to the toilet on time? You had a stomach issue. Was there a was there a, a you know an explanation on that one? No. Okay. I'm 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 calling I'm calling. Oh wait. <laughs> this must be from another country, but it says what is five p coin? Do you know that? Five p, p coin pounds. Five pounds. I don't know. <laughs> it says when I checked it out, it was there in all its glory with a five p coin stuck in the top like a little flag. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we go from that one, right? That that is horrendous. We go from that one to I saw a colleague microwave and eat four potatoes for lunch. No salt, no butter, just potatoes rolling around on a plate. What? Come on. Why, why is, is that, that gross? What? Come on. I don't know why that's gross. No, that's ridiculous. It is. I mean, it's weird. Right? I, well, I think so. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. I, is there some kind of, you should, you should know, is there some kind of diet that just is just. Just potatoes? The potato diet? I, not a good one. <laughs> if it's, there is, I don't recommend following it. <laughs> that's not like some kind of new, you know, version of keto or anything. I mean, that would be the opposite of keto. So no. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Let's see. Oh, that is weird. So I had a colleague who was trying to raise chickens at home. She and her husband didn't have their operation entirely set up when they got their first batch of chicks. So she brought a cardboard box full of them into the office with a heat lamp, which she set up under her desk. I mean, it's not gross. It's not gross. It is weird. It's inappropriate. Do, do chicks carry diseases? Because if they carry diseases that we could somehow like transmit to our pets or something, I might, okay, I might understand the the irritation with that. But otherwise. I don't think so. They, they whatever. Are, they're, they're loud and it's just inappropriate. You know, taking your stuff to, you know, taking whatever you're doing at home to work, regardless of what it is, is inappropriate right, anyway. Right, right. Oh, this is a gross one. The cash register monitor at my job isn't glare free, so it almost functions as a mirror, too. I witnessed my coworker attempting to pop her pimple in front of the monitor. We work at a restaurant. Oh, my gosh. Nasty. You can't pop your pimples in public. <laughs> oh God. You can't do that. That is disgusting. I've seen someone do that in the work bathroom. I have seen <gasps> that in the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, I, I could understand that. Because, I mean, you're tr- you're going to the bathroom to do it, right. right? You can't help it that it's a public place. Personally, I would save it for home. Do you pop your pimples? You don't really get pimples. I don't really get any, no. Yeah. I didn't, not even really when I was a kid, so. There's like, there's a large following of places that are uh, uh, social media accounts that all they do is just show video of people popping pimples. What? It's Dr. Pimple Popper. Shut up. I'm not kidding. It's a thing. Why would people watch that? That people are grossly fascinated by it. It is it is oddly satisfying to to just get it all out. You're just like, yes, I got all of that out, but I don't have any interest in watching other people do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, okay. I, I was. I wanted to agree with your point, you know, on that. And I was just like, I just no, I can't. I don't know. You don't want you. You wouldn't want to pop it. I don't know how it's oddly satisfying. I guess because you like it's a it's a pimple, <laughs> and you can see it, and then 
you get it all out, like you squeeze it all out and you feel that just release. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> a guy walked up to my desk to ask a, to ask a question while he was actively flossing his teeth. Nah, I've seen that before too. That's I told him to go finish and then come talk to me. Hi, Sawyer. My son is here. Hi, baby. Um, that's pretty gross. I don't. I don't need eh. to talk to anyone while they're flossing while they're flossing their teeth. Yeah, I don't know. That's that. That one's not bad. I don't know. You can't put that on the same. You're list gonna as... walk up to someone in the middle of work. I mean, I'll talk to my husband while I'm flossing my teeth. I'm that not doesn't... gonna talk to my coworkers while I'm flossing my teeth. I, mean, I don't say that, that. I don't say that is that big of a deal, and it definitely doesn't deserve to be on the list with someone like taking a deuce in the garage. <laughs> I mean, there's completely two different lists here. <laughs> uh, all right, my ex boss used to drain her daily tin of tuna into a waste paper bin before eating before eating it with her hands. Eating tuna with her hands. It's odd. Oh. It's odd. That's gro- that is gross. Eating tuna with your hands? Oh, and I can honestly say I don't think I ever saw her use a utensil or wash her hands after eating. Hmm. Ew. I'm definitely You're not even sold on that, Jason. Not even a, a visceral reaction from you. What is wrong with you? It's odd behavior, but I'm not. Again, it's like, it's weird how they have some like crazy, really extremely gross stuff involving, involving, involving bodily functions. And then they have these kind of like, eh, iffy ones. I know. Yeah, it is weird. Um, this next one. Okay. I'll just, I'll just cut to the chase here. There was a coworker that was eating yellow mustard packets. Like the ones you get from fast food restaurants. Sorry, they were just opening it up and just squeezing it into their mouth going to town. That's that's good. That's not gross. <laughs> Come on. I'll do that right now. <laughs> so you don't think eating tuna with your fingers is gross. And the mustard is totally fine. No. You're a big weirdo. Uh, that's nothing wrong with that. Come on. I can't be the only one that eats mustard like that. No way. Uh, I once went to a meeting where a very senior person ate a whole orange like an apple. Skin oh. and all. It was very confusing. Oh, that's nasty. That's bitter. That's, <laughs> that is gross. That's nasty. That is nasty. Uh, uh, watched a colleague heat up some hot dogs in the microwave and drink the brine from the can. Hot dog comes in a can? I've never seen. Does he mean like beanie weenies? Maybe? Maybe. Beanie weenies too. Maybe. Yeah, but, but, she, but brine. They said brine. Oh, it must be Vienna sausages in a can. Okay, that, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's pretty nasty. That's I can't. I can't be good for you, right? Um, no, I would think not. Is that on keto? That, no, I mean, I'm not sure whether or not it's on keto, but I can tell you the sodium intake is probably not ideal. Uh, I worked with someone who regularly brought breakfast biscuits into work every morning before the workday officially started. She would open a pack of these biscuits, have them with her morning coffee, but. As she opened the packet, she would lick the biscuits, both sides slowly with her tongue, then <laughs> dip them in her coffee and suck on them. <laughs> that is weird. You could tell that just made that, that person happy. You know what that I mean? Weird. They were just that just gave them so much joy in, in eating it that way. That is really weird. So I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> you are weird. And then um at, Let's see. Someone sat on an egg sandwich all morning, then proceeded to stand up, remove the egg sandwich and eat it. That's nasty. That's, that's nasty. That's why. It, they just, that get, 
it got it to the that's the temperature they like there's like the microwave's always screwing this up i want it 98.6 degrees how do i get it to 98.6 degrees wait a minute i know I'll how, sit on it. How do you, every time the the thermometers in that area, it always is ninety eight point six degrees. <laughs> People are weird. People are weird. Um, Jason, do we have time to play that Kamala clip? Oh yeah, we do. It's a minute or so, but yeah, we totally do. Oh, we got to. Yeah, we have to. We have to. Jason's been waiting ever so patiently. Do you want to? So yeah, this um, set it up real quick. Th- this thing is uh, so CNN's been doing these things. They've been hosting all these uh, Democrat uh, candidates, and they've been doing this thing called the well, the the mixtape. So basically, they're asking the candidates who their favorite uh, artists are and who their f- and what songs they like. And this interaction with Kamala Harris was just a little bit awkward. Take a listen. Hold on, hold on. We're having some technical difficulties. And that is not Kamala Harris <laughs> you're listening to right now. This is the hits of the fabulous Blaze Radio with Sarah Gonzalez and Jason Buttrell. We, uh, <laughs> gosh, it's going to be a shame if we can't if we can't get it to play because oh, no. it was amazing. It's it's such. I a- think we're going to have to. I think we're going to have to explain it. Okay, so they don't have it. I All think right. we're going to have to explain it. All right, so. It's going a little bit further. It's like it's such a softball thing to do. They don't. They're not asking them. It, it, they they wouldn't question them hard anyway because it's CNN. So they're pretty much just letting them like pontificate and do whatever they want to do anyway, and without actually actually pushing back in any real way. But um, on this one, the uh, who was it? Who was the who was the blonde haired chick that was doing this? Do you remember? I asked you this a while back. What that the, the blonde haired chick that's given the that's the one that asked them this. What's her name? The oh, Allison Camarota. That's right. That's right. She, what she did is she go, She first starts off with Kamala Harris and she goes, what is your, um, we're doing our mixtape and, and who would be, who are your favorite artists, you know, who, that you would put on this mixtape? And then Kamala Harris instantly has this like look on her face like, oh crap, this is not on my <laughs> script. <laughs> and she, you can tell she's probably thinking, where are my people? Why didn't you prepare me for this question? Um, but she goes, um, As if uh, you need preparation for that Bob question. Marley? And Camarada's like, okay, okay, yeah, always everyone loves me some Bob Marley. And then she goes, okay, so let's say, um, you know, uh, you know, you got Bob Marley, like, what are some of your favorite songs of his? Like, what are some of his songs that you would have on there? And she's again, kind of looks around, eyes darting back and forth, and she goes, uh, Bob Marley? <laughs> You know that the song Bob Marley. You know pretty much everything she was going to answer now. I think was Bob Marley. She obviously does not listen to music and has no idea what his songs are. Um. All right. Well, you guys have to. You have to go look it up. Yeah, I did not do it. Hilarious. You cannot. Yeah, Jason doesn't do anything justice. It's hilarious. You can't miss it. Uh, All right. So. If you own a home, you really have to listen up because you may think that you're safe when you, you know, have an alarm system, a security company. You think that you're safe from thieves stealing your stuff. Let me tell you, you're not. And we're not just talking about the stuff in your home. We're talking about your entire home. Uh, Cyber thieves can go on. They hack into the databases where home titles are stored and they can, um, you know, they'll steal your home title, they'll forge their they'll forge their name and then they borrow cash and all of your equity is gone. Or you have people who move in. Um, it's not good. It's not good. They show up at the door and they want they're ready to move in. You gotta go to hometitlelock.com. Find out if you have been a victim already. You can only do that at hometitlelock.com. We'll see you guys Tuesday. Have a great Memorial Day. This is Steve Dace.
on the Blaze Radio Network. 